jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! So check this out. Hmm. Kermit. Check this out. <laughs> check, check it. So we get an email from someone. I want to start with this because I feel top of the world, baby. <laughs> Full Karen Carpenter. Full Karen Carpenter on the Titanic <laughs> with her arms out. That's the movie that we deserve, truly. That's the remake that I want to see. Yes. Uh, so we get this email from a kind listener. Um, most of our listeners are kind, I assume. But this one was kind enough to send an email. And it says, it's from Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for listening. Thanks for this email. It says, I just listened to episode 111 on Prince of Darkness. And Stacy mentioned that in her version of the greater John Carpenter cinematic universe, Dr. Loomis and Priest are brothers. Well, I watched Prince of Darkness with closed captions on, and the subtitles, at least on the DVD copy I got from my local library, refer to Donald Pleasance's character as Father Loomis. <laughs> Stacy's fan theory is actually canon. <laughs> Father Loomis, who lives on Halloween Street. <laughs> yeah! Uh-huh. I love it when your shitty jokes become real. <laughs> <laughs> shitty? <laughs> the, 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 the joke isn't shitty, but <laughs> it's just, it's so easy. <laughs> Was it? Maybe did that just it? make it worse. <laughs> that makes it a lot worse. When Excuse we were me. when we were making fun of John Carpenter. Oh sure. And well, was... but it was my fan fiction theory of you know <laughs> the brothers Loomis. <laughs> and so to be vindicated and to be proven right, I just say you know I know last week when we talked about the Descent Part Two, I said, "Don't listen to me." Maybe I should amend that statement and say, only listen to me. Only listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's about, you know, a weird, crazy theory, maybe. The word is Stacy. Maybe my eyes can see more. I just love that you were making fun of him. And that's actually <laughs> what he did. <laughs> What he wrote, what he made happen as he was stoned staring at the mirror at three in the morning. That's right. Chewing his gum. And through time, my eyeballs saw it. Yeah. Yeah, it did. So, so, I don't know. Well, I love that. I love that. One, I love that Aaron supports their local library. Yes. um, (laughs) With that library copy. And two, you must feel vindicated. I do. I really do. And that's what matters. Um, 
Wonders how many other theories that I have that are correct. Oh, yeah. I mean, I did I say Susie and Sarah are lesing out? And, and Mr. Confirmed. Dave Kajanik said yes. Confirmed. They even said there was a scene that they took out. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, mean, I should have been a, I should have been a private investigator. Yeah. But the kind of like a TV private investigator. Where a it's Mrs. Mostly, Columbo? Um, I should have been Mrs. Columbo. Clearly. <laughs> Ms. Columbo, thank you. <laughs> Woman obsessed with Columbo taking his name. <laughs> yeah. Solving because mysteries. like Columbo, a lot of my investigations involve just thinking about things. And not doing any actual investigating. <laughs> A lot of times he solves the crime and he's like, you know what I couldn't stop thinking about? I couldn't stop thinking, why did that fountain in the backyard, it didn't have any water in it? And you might say, there's a million reasons why it might not have water in it. (laughs) But to Columbo, he says, it's because there's a body buried under there. Oh. You see? And so she didn't have any plumbing installed under the fountain. That's Columbo's brain power. Why didn't she just move the fountain to where she could (laughs) so that private detectives couldn't figure it out and expose the crime? Because it was so many years before, she probably just figured she got away with it. Until Columbo came along. And his one eye can see more than most people can see with two eyes. Is it his one eye or does the glass eye have arcane power? That could be also. I don't know. He's never said. And he's dead now, so he's probably not going to say anything. Except in my dreams, when he visits me at night. (laughs) (laughs) He floats through my window like Dracula. (laughs) And when I wake up, I have a little cigar burn on my neck. It's like, hey, if something doesn't add up here, I can't do that. <laughs> just, ah, just one more thing. <laughs> one more thing. So, well, uh, you know, am I Columbo reincarnated? Well, I think that's for other people to decide. <laughs> but. It's always fascinating when you were alive at the same time, but you're still the reincarnation. Well, he's... He, my powers developed much later in life, though. He, he re-reincarnated in you. Right. Like, one day you just got a wind of Columbo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there you go. Just saying. You, you might think, oh, she's just a blogger and a podcast host. No, no. Is it a sixth sense? I think it's more than that. I would say it's a seventh or eighth sense, perhaps. <laughs> anyway. She's want. also a vessel for Columbo. <laughs> Not Peter Falk, mind you. Annabelle is a conduit. Why can't I be a conduit? Is what I'm saying. <laughs> a Columbo do it. I sit here and I do nothing. And I'm a conduit for Columbo. <laughs> I think you're an inspiration to us all. Thank you. Finally. You're welcome. I think you deserve to hear those words. (laughs) 
But what a turn. I did not expect that email to take us to. I didn't either, but here we are. When I opened my mouth seven minutes ago, this is not where I expected we'd go. But you know what? Here's the thing, everybody. Life is about the journey, not the destination, okay? So we're all constantly learning things about ourselves. I learned about the trench coat within today. That wraps up this episode for me. I, mean, I think honestly. that's it. You can hit stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. That's I'm incredible. Done. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you, Aaron, for that. I really appreciate that little uh, sparkling, dewy insight. Mm-hmm. Me too. And all our all of our emails we get, we get lots of wonderful emails from listeners. And uh, I don't know how to use our emails, so we never respond. But we're we're grateful. We are grateful. We do read them all and we talk yes. about them all. Yes. Kindly. We talk about them kindly. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're not like, look what this asshole wrote. It's nothing like that. <laughs> look it's at like... this sack of shit. <laughs> look at these nice things they said. Uh, no, it's not like that. It's like, a, oh, did you read the email? The Yes. Blah, they're, blah, blah. They're very sweet. While I have incredible, uh, well, I've said it before, a high-powered perception. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, yeah uh and anthony surely has something going on uh, <laughs> somewhere <laughs> uh we do seem incapable of responding to anything and that's just a failing it's you know it's pandemic answering back an email is so hard it is hard. especially when i don't know how to work most inboxes <laughs> Yeah. It's a challenge. That's what I've heard. That's true. <laughs> Just keep clicking reload. It's a problem. It's yeah. a problem. But it means yeah. a lot. It means a lot. We are grateful. It really does. We are grateful for all your support and kinship and um, kind messages. It keep it kind of keeps us doing this. Sure. Well, it uh, lets us, I mean, you know, it's nice to know that people are listening. Thank you for the warm reception we got for the Necronomalogue. Oh, for real. That's so sweet. Our little animated thing for the Final Girls Berlin Film Festival, where we talked about our 10 favorite Final Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, obviously, Final Girls Berlin for hosting it. Oh, hell yes. It was such a wonderful, wonderful little time. I was so happy to get to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Thank you for the people who listened to... We had the great pleasure of doing a chopping block on the year wrap-up extravaganza from our pals at the Faculty of Horror. Hell yes. Their most recent episode, as of when we're recording this anyway, is their year wrap-up, and it's a three-hour monstrosity. Of, a good monstrosity. It's an mine. extravaganza. Extravaganza. Um, <laughs> And we guessed, guessed it on there doing uh, the chopping block. It was a lot of fun. First question, dead. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers, so Anthony. Spoilers. But there's relics that undo that. It was it was hilarious. It was such a, it's it was so fun to get to do. Uh, so check out Faculty. Also, uh, there's more chopping block they released because we did uh, like a regular chopping block, like a you're dead, but that's the end. Um, but then we continued on and gave them the other categories and did a lot of fun stuff. So there's an extended chopping block on their Patreon that yes. you can 
if you sign up for their Patreon, you can listen to that bonus, a chopping block. I think you can access that at the two dollar level. That's our our value. That is. <laughs> our lowest tier it's like that's double dollar tree that's pretty good double dollar tree baby yeah. double dollar tree that's us but it it is hysterical i had it's such really a fun. good time yes and thank um, you to alex and andrea for having us on and as i said on the show bringing down their property values for yes. sure. <laughs> <laughs> which also was suggested by a listener um yes on twitter that just suggested that that happened and you know what this is why you all can continue to speak i get i know i get a million emails about everything i did wrong in the episode but the other emails that say thank you for doing this and also you guys should do this thing with like faculty those are super cool things um mm-hmm. to hear sure. so we like them sure do i don't have any other upfront business i it feels like it hasn't even been a week since we did this last but it yeah because that's how time works. Technically, that is the case, yes. Yeah. But, uh, so I don't know. Now I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, did I do anything over the last week? Like, I at all? A, I read a Dune book, and that was it. Of course you did. I did. I'm done now. There's nothing left. So what am I going to do until for the next week? I'll just have sat on the couch. I don't know that I did anything except listen to records. I mean, that's fine. But also, did any of that actually happen? Or have I just been sitting here in front of this microphone for a week, waiting for us to record again? <laughs> you just at the, at the booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weird, man. Just glazed okay. over. Yeah. Um, a one-woman Junji Ito panel. Pretty much. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Uh, I spend a lot of my days wondering if I'm not actually dead and all of this is a Philip K. Dick hallucination. Oh, sure. Like, I've had those thoughts ever since I started smoking weed. But, when I was a youth. But, I have them more and more with increasing frequency in pandemic. I Yeah, there's been a lot of weird um, stuff that's come up that's like, not fears, like more existential fears, I guess. That have come up as the pandemic goes on and on and on that I never really had to deal with anymore. And some media is really bringing it out. Like, I know we've talked about Pulse, Cairo. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Didn't but... <laughs> when we talked a few days ago, we had like a conversation about what happens to our cosmic energy when we die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got into that. We got into that. But just all of these like and another movie that I'll. Well, I don't even know if I'll mention it, but I would was going to mention it. A movie called By Location, the Mario Sato film. Mm-hmm. Um, that deeply unnerved me. Um, it's not available anywhere, so don't look for it unless you can watch Blu-rays from overseas. Uh, or you want to get a Blu-ray from overseas. Um, but but uh, dealing with, like, doubles and body doubles and doppelgangers and, like, not being yourself and your consciousness is somewhere else and like just pulse really got it all going when we did that movie yeah we covered that and just all of these things that i'm finding really unnerving and unsettling that have never bothered me in that way before and it's because of our circumstances now mm-hmm. that you feel like am i like losing touch with myself yeah yeah am i the screens the the chat room ghost from pulse right 
Is that my head under that plastic bag or whatever that was? It's real. It's starting to... <laughs> it's starting to wear. <laughs> it's wearing a little. Um, but at least you live with two other people who can be like, no, Anthony, you're, you still exist. But how do I know that's true? Because in... This is... That's true. If my mind is fabricating that, which, you know, if my mind... My mind's fabricating that, right? Which is the only way to explain... Kristen Wiig as a CGI cheetah woman in a Wonder Woman sequel. Um, <laughs> Donald Trump being acquitted. Um, all these things that only could make sense because they're the dying fever dream of my my synaptic death, right? It's the only explanation. Yeah. So well, how it can all I... started It all started with Cats, right? That was like one of the last movies that a lot of people went to see at the theater. <laughs> And you say, how how could that have been a real movie? It's true. I did go there. I had an edible and my body rejected the edible. I didn't get any. I, I felt nothing. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the movie, someone, the, the people stood up and started clapping. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when it created the time, the time rift. I thought the time rift happened years ago when Azalea Banks was killing the chickens in her closet. And, and then she created the Berenstain Bears like alternate timeline. Mm-hmm. But I think it was cats. You're right. Yeah. It was they took the buttholes out and then everything undid itself. Exactly. Yeah. We need buttholes. We do. Right? <laughs> like that's the lesson. <laughs> we need buttholes. <laughs> you don't necessarily want one winking at you. Right? Well. I mean, some of us might. <laughs> But they are vital to our existences, and you can't just you can't just you know digitally erase the ugliness. Thank you. Right. Okay. You can bleach it, whether it's an innie or an outie or a both or a neither. <laughs> an outie. <laughs> it's still a bloomin' onion. Necessary. That's right. You take away that butthole, and you know what? You're constipated. That's right. And are, is is this not what we're living through? Is a cosmic constipation? I sound like um, <laughs> who is it that ran for president that I love? I played her in Queer Horror. Oh, Marianne Williams. Yeah, cosmic yeah. constipation. That's her next book. <laughs> well, that's a great, uh, great segue. We, talking we... about a wonderful <laughs> film today. We went full John Carpenter. <laughs> that was that was our yeah, stogie man. in the mirror. Yeah, we need buttholes, man. <laughs> Father Loomis, there's a Halloween street. I mean, maybe there's a butthole and an anti-butthole. <laughs> right? On the other side of the mirror, there's an anti-butthole. <laughs> but they have to coexist. <laughs> anyway. Sign me up. Uh, but today we go back to our asian invasion oh i have waited we've been teasing it and doing it in our spare time our own time we haven't stopped but we haven't done an asian movie around these parts in a while Mm -mm, mm -mm. so today we're going all the way back to 2002 which is how is that almost 20 years ago don't say that Ay ay ay. I didn't realize that. I usually do that to you. I know. Well, oh. Tables have turned this week, my friend. Ugh. 
turn that. I'm turning my high powered perception on you. And we are talking about Hideo Nakata's Dark Water. Yes. Which Anthony had never seen, right? No, I had previously to this, I had only seen the Jennifer Connelly uh, film trailer. Movie, <laughs> movie trailer. I had never seen any of the Dark Water. Mm-mm. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, now you have. I have seen it. This is true. Yes. Well, uh-oh. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. I liked it. It was fine. Really? I'm not sure what he's trying to say with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked a lot of things about it. Here's the thing is I went into this with reservations because I have seen four Hideo Nakata films and I didn't like a single one of them. I think this is his best one. I agree with you. Hands down, I completely agree with you. Because I've seen what? I've seen Ring, which I liked when I first saw it. Um, Didn't like on rewatch. I love Reiko in it. I saw Ring. Ring 2. The Ring 2, which is the American remake that he directed also. And then um, Sadako 2019, which was an egregious piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Darkwater is I will absolutely say it's his best movie I like I liked the film actually um, there's something about the message or something or the ending that unsettled me in a way that wasn't like it wasn't like I'm scared unsettled but I was like I just am is he just saying if you're a single mom you're you can't you, like single mothers are impossible hmm. is how I took it I see so <laughs> Huh. Um, I didn't see that. I understand what you're saying, but I didn't, I don't, I don't think that was the message. Yeah. Um, I, I will say the first time I saw this film, I think I was expecting scary, 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 and it's not. No. It's not, it's not trying to be, which I think is a distinction. And mm-hmm. it's okay for, you know, uh, as I have learned over my 123 years. Horror movies don't have to be scary to be good, right? Oh, it's but some of the best ones are not scary. Right. But I think the first time I saw this, I thought it was going to be scary because every other Asian horror movie I had seen at that point was scary as fuck. Well, you know, I mean, that was those were like that was before we had American Extreme. It, like the ex- American extreme came from seeing neo French extremity and or neo new French extremity and Asian horror, right? Right. In early two thousands. Yeah. So seeing this one, which is essentially like a, it's it's not like not to get crimson peak. It's not a a story with ghosts in it, but it almost is. Like I think it's <laughs> it's still a horror movie. <laughs> but it does lean more towards the drama, and I've seen it several times. Um. And I think my first viewing of it was probably the least positive because I was expecting something that it ended up not being. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Watching it this time, it really hit me. It really like I don't know what is going on, but it really, really? yeah. It I was crying. It like really this movie, yeah. This movie really got me this time, and I was like, this is a fucking masterpiece. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. I really just clicked with it and was all in it. It it just like all my feelings. I was all up in my feelings, this and I was like, I wasn't surprised that it was to me his what I think is his best film. But I was just like, this is 
a really underrated, undervalued film, I think. Huh. I I could see that. I think um I think it's definitely his best film, 100%. Yeah. And it's it's sad, it's emotional. I one thing I do like about him is that uh which I I think I like it about him, but it doesn't work for me with like Ring is like I just want Sadako to come out of the fucking well, right? But like he does do slow burns. Yes. And this movie is also that. This is. Um but yeah. it, it does I think Unlike Ring and all of that, I think it is so good at establishing the relationship between the mother and the daughter. Yes. Uh, between Yoshimi and Ikuko or Ikuchan. Um, and it takes its time with all of that. And I think this movie really, it upended my expectations on the first viewing in that it wasn't as scary as I was anticipating. But this time around, I realized the ways that it's unconventional and it does upend our expectations with its narrative hmm. that i really appreciated hmm. yeah i really dug it man i support you on this journey <laughs> 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 yeah i i i it for some reason it wasn't that i expected it to be scary i i think this is so this is fascinating to me because um you said by location wasn't relevant to this episode but i think it is well, I mean, uh, it's, it's it's relevant in one concrete way, for sure. With the cast, or the casting. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. that. But also, I think uh, there's that thing where, by location, you watched it and you were, like, very upset by it and super unsettled by it, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we've had flips of by location and dark water are our inverses, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was by location. I know. I know. We're talking about a movie that no one has fucking seen. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> but um, watching by location, to me, the overriding message was one thing, and I was like, or if I really stretch it and have a crack theory, it could be this. And that was like my immediate read. And but my crack theory was your immediate read, so you were like, oh yeah, whatever, it's great. And so I should just learn to trust in my Columbo powers is the real lesson. <laughs> and say, like, maybe your crack theory is what it's all about, Stacey. Trust yourself. Trust. Em- embrace the glass eye. Embrace the trench coat within. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm super excited to hear about um, your read of this film and what you re- what really echoed with you. Because uh, I am I'm intrigued by that. Well, I think it's it's such a fucking downer of a movie. This movie is so sad. Yeah. In so many ways. Yeah. Um, like that's what it leaves you with. But I think it also ties into part of part of my read of it. This time is also because I just rewatched um, the farewell recently. Oh, I've been wanting, I've been wanting to watch that, and I know you haven't seen it yet. The Aquafina um, movie. Yeah. I'm dying I, to see that. I watched it like, I don't know, a couple, uh, maybe a week ago or so. I watched it again. Um, and there was a, kind of a scene in that that remind that was brought to mind watching this also. Hmm. Um, Isn't that a really sad one? Isn't that about her grandma dying? Yeah. 
Oh, I'm so nervous for that movie, but I really need it's to. It's good. It. It's I think it'll it'll that movie will probably destroy you, but Oh yeah. It's all it's also it's worth it and it's one of those where it's like Oscar grudges are so silly cuz the Oscars are I mean the Oscars do provide winners with opportunities. But they're fake. Money, but also they're fake. But then I say that movie was like shut out. Like, Aquafina was not not like she won the Golden Globe, but she was not nominated. But we had Scar, like, Scarjo, like, you know what I mean? Like, just she's astonishing in The Farewell, and it's an incredible movie. And Lily Wong should have been nominated, the screenplay should have been nominated. Like, it's just it's insane to me that that movie was so snubbed at the Oscars. But you're telling me a maybe gay, well, maybe gay, <laughs> Asian woman <laughs> uh, starring a, a, in a film that is primarily in, like, what, Cantonese? Yeah. Was ignored by the man? <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it is fucking offense. I mean, it's the same with, uh, like, Michaela Cole not getting nominated for shit for I'm Going to Destroy You. Right. And, exactly. But like what but uh the what the blogger Eat Pray Love in Paris or whatever gets nominated. It's like Really? Yeah. Really? But it was because I think I was extra surprised because the farewell did win awards and had been nominated and all of this. And then the Oscars come and it gets nothing. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Which is kind of shocking to me. Yeah, it's bullshit. But oh well, we're not here to talk about the farewell. We're not here to talk about bilocation. But that's what you brought that you were bringing you were coming from that. I was coming from that. And I can, I mean, I can explain that to you also, Anthony, even though you haven't seen The Farewell. And it will not be like a spoil. It's not like, oh, and then at the end when her grandmother turns into a constellation or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not, it's not, I'm not going to spoil anything for yeah. you. So, you know, or anybody else who hasn't seen it. If you haven't seen The Farewell, you should fucking see The Farewell. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Dark water, though. Yeah. <laughs> A reunion of Hideo Nakata and Koji Suzuki, who wrote The Ring, also yes. wrote this. This is a short story, which I have not read. Ha- um, have you read his stuff? I haven't read anything I read, by him. I read Ring, and it's so different than the movies that I was like, what? And it was like a, you realize it's a translated novel, so who knows, but there's a lot of stuff in it that's like, Yowza, yikes. Oh yeah, and like everyone gets raped and is a rapist and a lot of rape. Yeah, a lot of lot of gender stuff. A lot of uh, a lot of that that yeah. was unexpected, and I kind of hated that book. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. But maybe I would. I actually would like to read this short story to see what it you know see what it's all about. Hmm. But what's the movie all about though? Right. This is the question. This is the question. Uh, the movie is about water. This movie is, like you said, it's, it's called Dark Water. There's dark. There's water that is both dark and 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 also water in it. Uh, this is a very. Um, I think the water also really speaks to how emotional this film is intended to be and is. Uh, mm-hmm. th- this movie is literally soaking wet the whole time. Um, it's pouring rain in the whole movie. There's bathtubs full of water. There's there's water damage. This movie is there. I will give you right now. If you have ever lived in an apartment with water issues, 
Mm. or mold or any of that this is a huge trigger warning for you yeah i had so many flashbacks i just also i had so many flashbacks to just like terrible apartment hunting and just every you know the being Mm. in my 20s and the nightmare of apartments Um, oh god i had a a ceiling collapse in a bathroom in a place what yeah i moved out shortly thereafter that same holy moly that apartment it was like a it was weird because it was like a basement apartment but it was ground level in the back of the building like the the building sloped down from the street so like my apartment was at the back and it was technically the basement but it was ground level and one night it was like one in the morning or something i was literally on the phone with my girlfriend at the time and somebody started opening my window (gasps) yeah where were where was this this was in connecticut okay um and i was like what the i was like i hung up with my girlfriend and i was like what the fuck get out of my fucking he was like is steve here what (laughs) this is not a sitcom buddy and i was yeah and i was like no get the fuck out and i immediately called the cops but by the time they got there he was gone and i i don't know if it was just a drunk person who thought steve lived there i have no idea But I called my landlord the next day, and the reason why he was able to open my window is because the windows didn't have any locks on them. Oh, my God. And they hadn't. When I was looking at the apartment, they were like, we'll put locks on before you move in. And they didn't, and then they didn't, and didn't, and didn't. And so the next day, I was like, someone tried to like get into my apartment last night. I need locks on my window. Okay, we'll come over today. He came over with a drill and some long screws and screwed my windows shut. So you can now could not open them. Yeah. That's a permanent lock. I was like, you just screwed my windows shut. This is a basement apartment. I only have one door. What if there's a fire? What if, and he was like, oh, hold on. And he went out to his truck and he came back and he gave me a screwdriver. What? So... <laughs> In case Stacy wakes up covered in flames and smoke, you know that you can walk and find your screwdriver and slowly take your time. One screw down as you're covered in flames. Yeah. So, and then shortly thereafter, the bathroom ceiling collapsed in, and I moved out. However, my rent was only three hundred and twenty-five dollars a month. Okay, but that's kind of worth it, is it not? No, no. It was a one bedroom. It was worth it. Are you kidding? It sounds like you got every dollar's worth, but my God. Mm -hmm. Was that Mr. Kamiya from this film that came in and tried to fix you? Honestly, there was a rat one time. Oh, my God. There was an actual rat. I don't mean like a mouse. I mean, it was a rat. There was this closet under the... um, This is so boring to hear these old stories. No, this is disgusting and horrifying. Keep going. It's like, oh, my God, I lived there? Like, the kitchen, there was a closet off of the kitchen. And when I opened the closet door, it was like you could see the stairs going up to the first floor from the front of the building. You know what I mean? So it was just like a little storage closet. And my cat used to pay a lot of attention to that closet. (gasps) And I'd be like, what in the world is going on? And it's like where I kept my spare toothpaste and stuff. And one time I went open the door and my toothpaste, someone had chewed through the box and stolen my toothpaste. And I said, okay, that's it. Because this was Tom's of Maine toothpaste, which is very expensive. And I said, this cannot stand. <laughs> so I shut the door. 
And then my cat continued to pay attention, and I was like, what is going on? And I opened it up, and there was a rat sitting on my suitcase. Oh, little buddy. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. What do I do? And so I called my landlord, and he was like, hmm. And so he came over with a box of decon, the, like, pellets. And there was, like, a hole in the floorboard up against the wall, and that's probably where it was, like. Wow. And so he just poured the box of decon down there and was like, bye. Wow. Yeah. It's literally Mr. Kamiya from this movie. <laughs> Who's will be like, um, we, our house is full of ghosts and, and death and ocean. <laughs> oh, this place, is, this place is full of rats. Yeah. And he goes, huh? <laughs> and then one time they also had like an exterminator come once a month and just like do like a maintenance spray for bugs or whatever and the guy comes one month and he's like okay tell me where you've seen all the bugs and i'll pay extra attention and i was like i don't have any bugs and he's like look you don't have to be embarrassed this is my job just tell me where the bugs are and i'll spray and we'll get them and i was like no i i would tell you but i literally don't have bugs in this apartment i don't know and he's like i don't believe you and I'll tell you why. That I was what? Like, I was like, what? And he's like, come with me. <laughs> so I go with him and I go two doors down. This apartment building was like four apartments across. I go two doors down and he's like, look at this place. And he opens the door and it was like the end of Creep Show. <gasps> it was a bug nightmare and the poor man who lived there was like i can't take this anymore they like eat my cat's food my cat can't eat her food someone was in that unit yes oh and he's like so tell me where your bugs are and i'm like they're all here (laughs) like there are no bugs in my apartment i never had a single bug in that fucking apartment and then the ceiling collapsed. I was like, I, I need to move. <laughs> this is this is a hundred times worse than anything that ever happened to me. <laughs> it's a hundred times worse than any of these fucking movies with these terrible apartments. Yeah, this is horrific. Yeah. Wow, you are the real life dark water. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a dark water. It's horrible. But 325. See, this is, but th- you say to yourself, how do horror movie characters get themselves into these like, circumstances? It's because they're poor. Yes. Yeah, then it's cheap and they, they have to live, they have to go in there uh, on their, on their quick ex- expedited timeline and with money they do have. That's right. Just like Yoshimi in this film. And then what do you know? You end up with a ghost girl in your bathtub or your ceiling right. collapses and there's rats and bugs everywhere. Rats and you're nailed in and you can't get out. <laughs> you're nailed in and you have a screwdriver to get your way out of the the towering inferno. Yeah. So anyway, wow. that's the story of not my first apartment, but wow. one apartment that I we, yeah. See, we lived in a, we lived in this, uh, well, we lived in one building that was completely falling apart. And like, we, we saw the, the unit underneath us as the landlord was fixing it up. And the, the ceiling was like caving in. And that was our floor. Um, and so we were like, okay, if we, there, so that one part of the floor that I walk on, if I step on that and it feels like I'm sinking in, that's because I am. Okay, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> I always thought of that place as like, this is going to be the place I die in. Absolutely. Like, I will be, someone will come to visit, Sue Snell will come to visit, and my hand will reach out and grab them. (laughs) Um, And then we lived in another building where uh, there was all this, like, water damage shit in the walls. And so if you put anything on this one wall, the whole length from the bedroom to the closet, if you put anything on that wall, um, 
instantly it would become covered in mold instantly Ugh. like furniture our bed uh, and that's we found, dangerous yeah and we found this out, well we were sick all the time too and we found this out too late and then like one day like i looked and i was making the bed and i looked in the hole everything was just like black and covered and then i looked in the closet and i was like this smells weird and then all like all of <gasps> half of my clothes i had to just throw out everything was just destroyed it was disgusting oh my god if i smell like that mildewy smell now it's just like instant trigger yeah. so watching this movie i was like oh my god like the the sheer horror of being a renter one honestly is right v- like <laughs> If you haven't lived in a death trap nailed in rat house, <laughs> consider yourself very privileged and lucky. Right. Nailed in rat house. <laughs> but it was only 325. But it was a one bedroom for 325. Good luck finding that. The place is probably like $1,500 at this point. It comes with a free screwdriver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved that apartment, though. <laughs> did you? <laughs> I actually did, despite all the shit. You loved apartment. the rat, and you loved Steve. Maybe Steve well, was the rat. Now I have stories, first of all. That's Second true. of all, it was three twenty-five a month, so I was living like a queen otherwise. <laughs> when you weren't covered in fire. And... <laughs> when I wasn't on fire and covered in rats. And having your ceiling collapse on you while you're in the bathroom. <laughs> When I wasn't the end of Creep Show, yes, I was fine. <laughs> you were living like a queen. You said I was living like a queen. So good times, man. Poverty. Uh, we really learned to adjust. <laughs> to be, yeah. Well, to to live like that, but also at the time to be like a young adult, oh. where you you kind of also just don't. You care. don't know. You you don't know too. I worked at a record store. And lived there and was just, you know what I mean? Like, it was fucking great. <laughs> I didn't catch on fire. Thank you. <laughs> and I had no bugs. You had no bugs. At least there was that. <laughs> this little rats. He's just sitting on your suitcase, just waving at you. He was just sitting there. He was like, what else you got up here? He took soap. He took my toothpaste. He took anything <laughs> scented, any bathroom uh, product. He took it down into his hole. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> he was living large down there. I, I was love... like, I'm paying for this shit. I love that he had the Toms, too. He had good taste. <laughs> little right. rat. So uh, Yoshimi finds herself <laughs> finds herself. In a- Sorry, everybody. That was literally like fifteen minutes of let me tell you about my life. Sorry, 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 sorry. This is a horror movie podcast. In Hideo Nakata's two thousand two film Dark Water, Yoshimi finds herself in a startlingly similar predicament, uh, looking for an apartment suddenly because she is in the middle of a custody battle with her shit, 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 piece of shit ass, shitty ass shit husband, um, ex-husband, and she is fighting for custody of her daughter Ikuko, Iku, Iku-chan, um, uh, who is also, did you notice, Stacy, is another queen of ours mm-hmm. she is also one kanayano girl psychic in neroi the curse that's right um and i love this girl i love this actress she she's... is so fucking cute in dark water oh, she's fantastic like such a good actress first of all she is the the chibiest of the chib 
She yeah, she's adorable. She has that little those that bob. She's mm-hmm. like precocious. She's cute. She's smart. Um, she also is a very empathic, very skilled actor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for me, she is what she is. What I really, she was my takeaway from the movie, and what I loved the most, um, mm-hmm. and what I think sold the tragedy. Uh, you because a lot of the movie you experience through Yoshimi, the mom's eyes, but then as the film goes on, you kind of see it more through Kana's eyes. And. Uh, so they're in the middle of this custody battle. She needs uh, Yoshimi needs an apartment. Um, she gets this little claptrap apartment. It, it looks fine at first. Like the walls are a little dingy, and the the landlord assures her they're going to cover it with wallpaper. And the ceiling has that that you know we all have lived in the place where you have that horrific water stain on the ceiling that just grows and grows. They move in. The water starts dripping more and more and more. They're collecting the water in little buckets. Um, over time, little Iku starts uh, talking about the they they find it. It kind of all happens when they find this uh, Ikuko finds this little bag, a little bag that you that you come to see in like every other scene of this movie. This bag shows up, and it's a child's red backpack with a little mascot on it. It says Mimiko. It's super cute. They turn it into the front desk. Uh, they don't know who it belongs to. They assume that it might have come from the girl that lived above them, whose family had moved out. And the girl was kind of, like, abandoned. And they don't know what happened to her. And they find a... Yoshimi finds a poster of her that says she's been missing for, like, three years or two years. Over time, Iku starts talking about hanging out with little uh, Mitsuchan. Mitsuko is the name of the girl. And, and as it builds up and goes on there's just suddenly water starts exploding out of everywhere the apartment floods there's bathtubs full of water yoshimi tries to figure out what is happening um and what truly happened to this girl mitsuko uh, and it all builds up to a a drippy sad climactic finale mm-hmm. i feel like that's the yeah. film sure <laughs> there's a lot more in there and a lot of themes a lot of themes about um, kind of cyclical neglect and because uh, uh, we over time we learn that Yoshimi was also kind of abandoned as a child and had a had a mother that was very neglectful and we see Yoshimi trying to stop stop that cycle with with uh, Iku and look yes. after her Mitsuko the missing girl was also abandoned by her mother yes yes so we have these multiple stories of this, this like kind of cyclical nature of this of the neglect, and Yoshimi is trying her damnedest. Um, she's getting a proofreading job. She, uh, but the, but then like just because she's so exacerbated because there's this ghost showing up and awful things happening, she has a rough time with it. She does have a rough time, um, and her ex husband. Like you said, is a real fucking asshole. He's the fucking worst. And he's playing really dirty with this custody battle. He, you know, according to Yoshimi, he wasn't a particularly attentive parent while they were together. He would forget her um, birthdays. Yeah, he would forget Iku's birthdays. And so he's just doing this out of spite. And he's playing really nasty, you know, telling the the court, basically, that, you know, oh, she had mental health treatments. You know, she's she's mentally unstable. And so they talk to her about it. And it's like, first of all, there's such a stigma on mental... I mean, there's a stigma on mental health treatment everywhere. But um, 
particularly it's not something that's really at the forefront overseas yeah um and so she explains it away of like that was before we were even married she had another proofreading job uh where she was you know the books she was proofreading were like horror novels or something and they were really sadistic really violent etc and it got to her and so she probably just went to therapy yeah they say like they kind of make it sound like she was committed at first but then when she tells the story it's like she just like had to see someone and talk about being constantly immersed in in violence and awfulness yeah um and then she quit that job when she got pregnant and raised her kid and now she's going for another job in the same field but so there's that and he's just he's playing nasty <clears throat> by bringing up all of these things her personal history etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. um and so she kind of has to keep it together while this process is ongoing so that she can keep her advantage of being the mother of the child um to get custody mm-hmm. uh and it's tough and like there is a ghost you know what i mean like there is a ghost and she thinks there's a ghost and i do like that it's not too like it doesn't play this is where it gets into kind of upending my expectations at least as a horror movie viewer is it doesn't really get into the whole like oh is yoshimi crazy Mm -hmm. it might touch on that a little bit but it's like no there's a ghost and she's just like the only one who knows it right now yeah, and that that actually never seems to be a problem, right? Like, 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 like you said with the with her past that the ex husband drudges up about her just having to go to therapy. It's never really played that way, and it's actually nice when she gets that lawyer who's helping her, and like he listens to her when she's like, "I saw, I went upstairs. There was water everywhere, and there's a girl running around." And so he's like, "Okay, let's grab your landlord and Mister Camilla, who is the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna take you upstairs, and we're gonna look. And they look, and there's water damage everywhere. And he's like, "Oh, it's all everything you said is true." Mm-hmm. And that's really nice. I love that. I love that it also, in another way, up ex- upends expectations with that lawyer character. Who's like, okay, what's his motivation? Is he attracted to her? Is he going to ask her out on a date when this is over? What, like, you know what I mean? Like, what's his, and it's like, Mm. no, he just saw a woman who needed help and he's helping her. That's, yeah. And that's it. And I appreciated that. You know what, Stacey? I'm seeing where you're coming, coming from and where you're going with this. I mean, I see, I, like I, I see what you were saying with it, absolutely. But I think this movie is, throughout the entire thing, Yoshimi has a crippling fear of losing her daughter mm-hmm. because of her own failings, partially. Or, like, what society perceives to be failings, right? Because of you know the whole mental health thing and the husband playing dirty and all of that but also like her own trauma she's terrified of reenacting that on her child like you said and so i just think that it's a nice way for this to i think it's a nice parallel of the real life anxiety and fear that she has that so many women in her position would have she feels powerless essentially Mm -hmm. but then she also has to contend with maybe losing her daughter to this other thing Mm -hmm. that's so that's supernatural it's unreal and 
so what does she do? Ultimately, she sacrifices herself to save her daughter, which I hate that it has to happen. It I think that's my problem. Your, I think it'll rip your fucking heart out. But I think she does it. This is a movie where, to me, where it makes sense, unlike The Descent 2, <laughs> where Sarah sacrifices herself so Mother Rios can go home to her daughter. Because here, it feels more earned. This movie... More than almost any other, the movie that this paralleled a lot for me is The Shining. Hmm. The relationship between Wendy and Danny is very much, to me, the relationship between Yoshimi and Iku-chan. Yeah, I see that. Um, except in The Shining, we had Jack, and it was kind of, you know, on the surface of things, it's Jack's movie. It's about him and his problems. You know, <laughs> and he's got his bitch wife. It's like, if The Shining was just about Wendy and Danny and there was no Jack... Except maybe he was in the background being shitty and saying shitty things about her to a lawyer. It's like, I don't recall very... Like, there are plenty of mothers in horror movies. It's a recurring thing. But Dark Water is one where it's like, the whole movie is about the relationship between the mother and the daughter. Yeah, and that it's... Yes. It drives the entire thing. And so at the end, where she chooses to sacrifice herself for her daughter, makes sense, even though it's sad... But also, this is where The Farewell came to mind. There's a scene in The Farewell where Aquafina's character is talking to her mother and is saying, like, you know, she spent her first years in Beijing. They, As a family, they spent their first years in Beijing, and, she, and Aquafina had a relationship with all her relatives. She loved to go hang out with Grandpa and catch dragonflies or whatever it was they used to do together. And then they moved to America... And they didn't tell her why. They didn't explain anything to her. And all she knew was that everybody was gone. And while they were overseas in America, grandpa died, relatives died, people moved away, and they didn't go back for funerals. They had no way of knowing. And it's like, all of a sudden, grandpa just wasn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that probably a lot of immigrant families can relate to, is like... Her parents did it because they thought it was going to give her a better life on the surface of things. Like, this is what this is the sacrifice that those parents made for Aquafina's character is like, you're going to have a better life. But what do you lose in that process? And that's not always something that's not something that you have agency in deciding and you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I'm like. To me, that really parallels the end of this movie, where Yoshimi sacrifices herself for her daughter. Is it the best thing for her? Maybe. Maybe they could have just moved, ultimately. But would she have lost her daughter then to the shitty father? Like, that was the fear. She wanted to move. She packed up her shit and was ready to go. And the lawyer was like, not now. If you do it now, you're going to lose your case. Yeah. Because, you know, you need to be providing a stable home. Yeah. And so she makes that sacrifice. And then the end of the movie, after that, it jumps forward 10 years. And we see Iku as a high schooler. Now played by the star of By Location. Yeah, which is why I was like, oh, there is a concrete tie. Yeah. There. As- Asami Miyazaki or whatever her name is, uh, is the star of By Location. Um, and, you know, she like reconnects with her mother and it's really beautiful. I love that scene. It's really touching because she hasn't been told anything. Her father has remarried and had, you know, kids with his new wife and never told her what happened with her mother. And it ends with Iku being like, but my mother's been here protecting me the whole time. Hmm. 
And I think that's so sweet. And it doesn't, to me, it doesn't seem like, I get the single mothers can't win kind of thing because it's like she does end up dead. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? Um, but I think it's more about the bond between the mother and the child. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. And I think that really, I think with Kano, that really comes through with, with, with Kana or not Kana. She was Kana and Naroi. <laughs> with Iku that <laughs> Iku comes Chad. through. Um, and her, and, and that, that wrap up was really beautiful. And it's really sad that she's like, when she's like, um, oh, if I knew you were here, I would have come to visit you so much longer ago. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know, like, her mom's a ghost. <laughs> is right. bound to the water realm or whatever with little, with little Mitsuko. Um, and, and it is really sad. And I, I think, I guess, I wonder what it was. Maybe I wasn't as into the... I felt like, in, in the end, I was like, okay, so she sacrificed herself. But I didn't understand why she had to sacrifice herself, I guess. For I get I guess I get that it was to because she was looking out for Iku, um, but I was like, well, in the end, she still just replicated the cycle of another child growing up without a mother, mm-hmm. and then that just upset me because <laughs> I was like, right. so is this just saying it's impossible for a woman? And I think combined with how Yoshimi was constantly at her wit's end, which it made sense that she was. Mm-hmm. But she was just like constantly falling apart, and and it it, it distressed me. <laughs> I I guess I, and maybe that's the point to be a downer and to show that she is in a place where she can't win. But I want right. a queen to win. I know. <laughs> well, she wasn't initially at wit's end. It was like she was angry when it came out that he had revealed that she had been treated for mental health issues. She yes. was angry at that. But when they're looking for an apartment. They're so happy and it's so wonderful and they have such a cute relationship and they're going to make this place work and Iku's excited about having her own bedroom and all of this and she goes to the job interview and yeah, the guy keeps like making her wait and so she's late to pick up Iku from school, but like mm-hmm. she's got, she gets a job. Mm-hmm. It's like they're, they're doing it until that ghost. And then you're like, it is a horror movie and the ghost wants a mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted her to quote her to quote his also 2000 almost 2002 Ring 2 film in which she says I'm not your fucking mommy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wanted that so bad. This is I mean that I mean that's a sad story also and that kind of played with expectations of like what happened to Mitsuko. Yeah. You know because it's like where's her father? Her mother abandoned her and then they show footage kind of flashback. I like that you never see the child's face, Mitsuko's face. No, she's um she's the blank in Dick Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you see her get in an elevator and there's two repairmen with her. Uh and my mind goes to oh god, one of them killed her. <gasps> One of them took her, one of them, you know what I mean? Like you think because there's missing posters, blah, blah, blah. You think something has happened to this child and maybe, maybe it's, what's his face? The manager, like who knows who, maybe it's the realtor, who knows? And it's like, no, it was just a really tragic accident. She fell in the water tank. Yeah. Trying to get her bag and it's just, it just happened. Do you know, this is, this plays off of that, but it is also, um, unrelated (laughs) so (laughs) so i apologize 
But this just made me mad at the horror community again. <laughs> um, because with those shots of little Mitsuko in the elevator, and then when we find out what happened to her and the water tank on the building, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop to think about the awful thing that happened to that woman in L.A., Yes, which has been in the news again because there's a new documentary about it um, that I will not be watching. I hate the way the horror community and the internet community have treated that case. Um, I wrote a review about a shitty fucking found footage movie that was based on the case. I wrote about it for Um, And I just really loathe that, that people are like, it's so scary, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it was footage of a mentally ill woman having a psychotic break, and it ended very fucking tragically. Yeah. And and we've made, what, there's like like five to ten fucking movies about it. Uh, There was like a storyline in American Horror Story about it. There, like, people always bring it up. It gets shared on, like, creepy found footage, real-life found footage, like, the video of the elevator recording, surveillance, whatever. Mm-hmm. I know this has nothing to do with Dark Water, but it was just, it's an association that keeps getting grounded, grinded, ground, whatever. It just keeps getting shoved in my face because horror will not shut up with this story and not just fucking let that poor woman rest. Mm-hmm. No, it, it came to mind as well. And so you I, how, yeah, you know, and that's that infuriates me. What's happened to that story? It's like there's always an issue for me with true crime stuff. Is that like, yeah, we all have the like, you know, peering at the car accident curiosity, but so much of it forgets that there's actual victims involved. Yes. Um, and it's all about like, oh, let's watch Ted Bundy be charismatic, and it's like, how about all the women he killed? Right. You know? And so, like, her name is Alyssa Lamb. Yes, thank you. And she was a college student who was far away from home. And her family has had to deal with this. Everybody's had to deal with this. And it's like, she's just become a creepypasta. Yeah. And it's like, no, you watched some really terrible footage of, like, the final minutes of her life. Yeah. It's not fucking fodder for American Yeah, of somebody's private agony... Yeah. That went unhelped thanks to whatever fucking chains of racism and mental illness shaming and, and health inequality <laughs> exists in the United States. Mm-hmm. And it's just gross. And I just hate it. I hated that anytime I saw that image of like the elevator camera or seeing the tank yes. or any of that, I just could not get that out of my head. Well, it's it's parallels. It's parallels, and I would probably, I might have had that association anyway, but the fact that horror has not let that story go for a decade made me enraged. I know it has nothing to do with this. It's just an association I brought to it, and I got really upset and annoyed. (laughs) I don't blame you. I I made the same association. Yeah. Um, So that, that, but I guess, I mean, that informs the tragedy in this film more, but it's very, nowadays, but it's just like, ugh. If it if it if your if your true crime does not factor in sashes and pyramid schemes, <laughs> I don't want a part of it. Exactly. If Nancy Saltzman isn't there with her ankle monitor, I don't want a part of it. Exactly. Thank you. Anyway, I just had to say that. <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. I questioned whether to bring it up or not, but I'm glad you did. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Um, I did want to go back and touch on, like, what you said about, like, 
can she just not win? You hated that she sacrificed herself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Et cetera. And to me, that kind of speaks to, like, what I was saying about that scene in The Farewell of, like, you're doing this. Like you said, you know, now she's just repeating the cycle and she grew up without a mother. And it's like, it brings me back to what I said about The Farewell was, like, you think you're doing this for the good of your child, but what damage are you causing? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, and the, and it's that shitty thing that the child can't, just like in that in that moment of closure with them, sort of closure with them in the ending, the child really can't comprehend the sac- the significance of the sacrifice and how that was for their best right. interests. And that is really rough. I, I think that's absolutely right. true. I think as, as I was watching it, I was taking more of a read of like, oh, see, this is women in Japan. You shouldn't be a single mom. <laughs> And I was wondering if there was like a cultural element coming from this filmmaker who had, but also like you pointed out, like in this, the lawyer isn't there to to get data or to, you know, win the case. He's just there because he genuinely cares and is going to back her up in like, in like ring, like it doesn't become Reiko's story. It becomes what's his name? Ryuji's story who saves the day and does, you know, is psychic. Exactly. And, and so that, that, so I've, I think I was associating Nakata with that. And, but then, but then you're right. It does shift that actually, that relationship. And I think the fact that the husband is, there's no redeeming. He's terrible. He's terrible from beginning to end. Whereas I know you haven't seen the remake. I've only seen it once, but I do know at the end, she agrees to shared custody. In the the Connollys? Uh-huh. Really? Mm-hmm. Before the ending, she agrees to shared custody. Like, the man is much more central to it and not as just, like, a redeeming asshole. An unre- un- unredeemable asshole. Of course. You know, it's more about, like, the, the whatever the analogy, the character, the Mitsuko character, her parents really did abandon her in a very bad way. And they're like the evil part of the evil ghosts. And the child is the evil ghost. I mean, it's the American version of this, you know? Yeah. And there's a flash drive that will delete the water. <laughs> yeah. Versus this one where it's like, if she can't win in this, I think it's, I think it's an indictment of the system and not an indictment of the single mother. Hmm. Because her relationship with Iku is so pure and so good and the child clearly loves her. And even at the end, when older Iku comes, Iku comes back, she doesn't have any resentment. Yeah. She's not, you know, even when it's, you've been here this whole time, it's not, you've been here this whole time, you bitch, and you didn't tell me. It's, you've been here this whole time, we could have had more time together. Yeah. And so I, to me, I think those little differences would have made it an indictment of being a single mother hmm. versus if it is the single mother can't win, it's because the system is stacked against the women. Yeah, that's I, true. I, I see. I, I like that. I think. I think. And maybe I just love their relationship in this so much. And it's so good. It's like two great fucking actresses just selling it's it. It's very fleshed out. They're both wonderful. Um and and I, I mean yeah like, like just the, how is a child actor so good i don't know but she is so i just really got i don't know this one got me i was like oh my god this is the shining without having to put up with jack <laughs> which isn't that just like the dream cut of that film yeah yeah but like when we talked about the shining on our episode and talking about how it's you know wendy and danny it's their bond mm-hmm and how much she loves her son and all that. And to me, like, that's just, that's this movie. 
Yeah. God damn it, Stacy. I might have to do a rewatch. <laughs> yeah, let it gestate for a while and give yeah. it some time. Like I said, the first time I saw it, it was I was like, that should have been scarier. It doesn't need to be scarier. It's exactly as scary as it should be. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Honestly, and for me, anytime little yellow raincoat walked by, I was like, ooh. <laughs> oh, this the scene where she's uh, up on the roof, where Yoshimi's up on the roof, and you hear the the pounding from inside the water yeah. tank. Yeah. That's yeah. all. That's all I need. That was like the haunting 1963 in the hallway. Like yeah, I don't need to upsetting. see anything. Just give me a scary noise, and I'm good. I mean, honestly, just the water damage in the apartment is the most is Absolutely. upsetting. Enough. I immediately can smell the mildew, and I'm yeah. horrified. <laughs> Although I will say, the one time it didn't work as well for me was when I think it's maybe the first time she sees Mitsuko. Um, you just see like her legs walking up, like her little feet. Mm. and then and then all of a sudden the water spills everywhere off of her but it looks like she's just peeing a lot and i was really <laughs> entertained by the i thought that was cool i liked that i was like oh i bet that it's on a slope and i was trying to figure out how they felt oh it. yeah well i just go hmm, it's pee pee <laughs> i see i was here for the peeing ray <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's not full of shocks and scares and it's not a conventional horror movie at all and so if that's what you're looking for you'll be disappointed like i was you know 20 fucking years ago or whatever mm-hmm. um but it's not trying to be a conventional super ghost-laden computer water extravaganza no it's a really sad story about a mother and a daughter. Yeah. And I really loved it. So there you go. I love that. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to gestate on this. I'm going to yeah. let the waters wash over me. <laughs> exactly. There you go. The wa- I do will say, I mean, I feel like this movie must have been disgusting to make. Oh yeah. Um just the constant just just traipsing through standing water. I never knew that water could be so upsetting. Yeah. Um, and they really just sold that alone. That was horrific. <laughs> the amount of mm-hmm. wetness in this film just permeating this movie was a lot. I think it's interesting that Jennifer Connelly did this remake and not The Ring. Like, according to legend. You were telling me this! She passed on The Ring because she thought Rachel was a bad mother. And then she did Dark Water, so apparently this is a good mother. And I would agree with that assessment, honestly. But it's interesting that as an actress, she, like, didn't want to play a bad mother. But, like... (sighs) Also, Rachel's not a bad mother, necessarily. She's just, uh, she's... She's more a woman with a kid than she is a mother. But that's the thing, like, I'm like, Reiku, or Rachel, and, um... And Yoshimi are really similar. Mm -hmm. Like... If they're bad moms, it's just because she can't get back to pick up her kid in time. Yeah. Rachel is just more comfortable being like, well, my kid's fucking weird, so I know he'll dress himself in his suit <laughs> while right. I'm and at he, work. And he, he calls me Rachel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's interesting. You know what I did see um, is that the, see, the, the remake does feature one Cameron Mannheim. So, oh really? <laughs> I might have to see it. <laughs> I love Cameron Mannheim. <laughs> she plays oh, teacher, boy. so I'm, I'm hoping she plays. Ooh, the, the, teacher! Do you remember that? I love that principal, the teacher that just bullied that bully kid <laughs> until he cried. Yeah. <laughs> so They're like, "Why are you crying? Isn't it your fault that you're crying and not ours? You little piece of shit." <laughs> 
I love that part. (laughs) (sighs) Great movie. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Here, Well, and here's the thing, too. Regardless of my initial read, um, this is an Asian horror film. And the whole time I said, I love watching asian horror so much i was so happy you get to do it for the show and with that said stacy are you ready to swim your way down to place your head on the chopping block well that was tortured it was a journey uh but yes sure why not Listen, three new categories for you this week. Ha-cha-cha! That's right. I was feeling so pumped after Dark Water. Yeah, yeah. I would have had five new categories for you, um, but I couldn't think of enough questions to fit the extremely specific categories I came up with. So you have two new categories. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, so I, th- I have thought of great categories and then the time comes to think of the movies and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, are there actually as many of this thing that I think there yes. are? <laughs> That's exactly. I, I have in my, like, chopping block uh, logos, I have just like a thousand categories that are untouched mm-hmm. but yes. but they do exist for the very special day i can think of the actual questions for them but so yes yeah, so thank you for three yeah you get two. yeah it's very exciting um the chopping block if you don't know you probably only well i'm not gonna say why you don't know maybe you knew and you forgot i don't know but anyway the point is the chopping block is our question and answer game where you place your head on the chopping block. You choose from three categories. Each category has five questions. You have 10 seconds to answer the question unless you, wait, yeah, you, if you don't answer. Don't answer in the 10 seconds, or if you answer incorrectly, you will get your head chopped off by our non-binary executioner, the heads they. However, you have one opportunity to cry out, I want the wig. At which point, uh, the... (laughs) At which point... The force ghost of Deborah Hill appears and says, Two beautiful wigs stand before me. (laughs) Oh my god. But you only have one head on your shoulders. And you say to yourself, Deborah Hill is America's Next Top Model fan, apparently. (laughs) And you choose from two wigs. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. (laughs) Are you making the crawler wig canon? I wanted to make the crawler wig from last week, the Descent Part 2. I wanted to make it canon. But then there's also Laurie Strode's wig from Halloween 2 in 1981. And also Rhonda Johnson's asbestos wig from the 1987 film Killer Workout. Which has now been introduced on Faculty of Horror. We introduced that wig. That's right. That's a very powerful wig. So there's three wigs, you see. And I say, how can we choose just one? 
I'd so as you were saying that, I could hear every part of you that week after week says Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film Halloween Two. <laughs> I could hear <laughs> you. You're you're. It like, tried to come out. You're immune. Like your T cells were like fighting, and they were like, <laughs> "It must Let's say be it, Jamie Lee." But then the same thing that's happening that has fucking fuck us because we're pieces of shit. I have been <laughs> thinking about the scent part two and how much I love the crawler with the wig mm-hmm. since we watched it. And then I, yeah. I, I was, I was a shitty asshole and I listened to our episode about it and I was like, you know what? That crawler with the wig. <laughs> and now I just think about her all the time. That's right. And so, and I, but I wanted to give a choice. So on the fly, as my mouth was forming the words, Jamie Lee Curtis's wig from the 1981 film <laughs> Halloween 2. The words that came out, you heard what they just were. They were terrible words. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. I can't just change the rules, but I just feel like there are so many good wigs. There are. How can I just say it's only this one wig, but also you don't have time to choose when your head is on the block. Well, so we need to just say this week it's Rhonda Johnson's wig or something. <laughs> well, because before the Rhonda wig granted Andrea 15 bonus seconds on her birthday. That's true. But the Rhonda wig could just be the Rhonda wig for us one week out. And the crawler wig, what we had that last week, it was no different than the Jamie Lee Curtis wig, except it was black and severely matted. Maybe it's just a surprise what wig comes out of my mouth. It could be any of the three wigs. It could be. I just, we don't need Deborah Hill holding two wigs before you. Like, this is too complicated. What am I talking about? (laughs) Look at everybody. I know this episode is weird because we're just talking. My podcast is weird this week. They're talking. (laughs) (laughs) They don't usually do that. (laughs) No, we don't. The day that the chopping block got broken because we couldn't decide which fictional wig (laughs) would give us 10 more seconds. Maybe. (laughs) If you even pick the wig. (laughs) We place a lot of stock in wigs selected by queens. I love wigs. I love <laughs> wigs. I really do. I am, you know this, I've said this before, I am endlessly fooled and also endlessly amused by a wig. Endlessly amused. Call me simple, if you will. That's fine. I love wigs. <laughs> you are standing in your light. And you are you you are glowing in that light. Thank you. With your wigs, your selection of Halloween Town wigs. Oh, the cheaper the better. (laughs) The cheaper the better. If if like the hair is parted in the middle and it's just made of net. Yes. Fine. She has a scalp condition. It's fine by me. Skin disease. Skin disease. Anyway, what are we doing? The chopping block. A wig does something. We get 10 more seconds if we ask for one of them. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter which one. And then we die, inevitably. Yeah. 
Okay. Unless well, we don't. I went first last week. I remember I went first last week. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> you know what, Stacey? Let's call it good. I'll go. I can go. We'll call it good. <laughs> Fuck, man. Okay. <laughs> what is this episode? It's such a sad movie, and yet... On either side of that conversation, I just... What is wrong? Okay. A rat in a suitcase named Steve. (laughs) Wearing three wigs. Story of my life, man. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going first? You're going to answer? Let's go with that. Okay. Well, you have three new categories to choose from, as I said earlier. You don't say. Category one, I want to go to the carnival, which is, of course, a line from the song Carnival by Bikini Kill. It's my favorite Bikini Kill song, in case you didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. Well, now you do. Uh, And so I will describe a movie that takes place at a carnival or, you know, a place like that, a circus or whatever. I don't know. You know, an amusement type place. And uh, you tell me the movie. Oh, okay. Next category is foursomes and moresomes. Ooh! Which is actually only about part fours in horror movie franchises. <gasps> and so you say, why did you call it moresomes if there are no moresomes? And I say, this is just a shout out to the old uh, personals section in the newspaper from a long time ago. I remember that it was like, you know, oh, are you a man looking for a woman? Woman looking for a man? And then there was a category called foursomes and moresomes. And I always found that to be such a delight that foursomes and moresomes is just in my brain. That was a person, like people were looking for forgies? Mm Mm-hmm. Forgies and morgies. Good for them. Good for them. You know what? Good for them. Society was crazy. Right. Okay. Good for them. So, this is a better world. Foursomes and moresomes, I describe a part four in a franchise. You tell me the name of the movie. Ooh! And okay. category three. <laughs> um. <laughs> Wigs. <laughs> what a wonderful year. <laughs> in which uh, I list three movies. You tell me what year they all came out. Oh my god! I have a similar category. Oh. So, I want to go to the carnival, foursomes and moresomes, or whatever for you. Wait, the whole category is only three movies, or each question is three different movies? Yes, each each question is I list three movies, and you tell me the year they came out. Okay, okay. And oh, that's a little less sadistic than what I did. Of course. <laughs> Surprise, surprise. And there's a curve. <laughs> so those are your three. Those are great categories. Thank you for your Thank time you. and effort that will surely not be repaid. Oh, um, you'll get these. Come on. <laughs> you know what? Sign me up for a 4G. I would like foursomes ah. and moresomes, please. Okay, this one. Well, I already told you what it is. You'll get these. These are easy breezies. Should I get nude first? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> If you want, I guess. <laughs> Thank you for the option. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, because it's a foursome and a moresome. 
Yes. I did oh, not did make I, that connection, oh. and I was like, why is Anthony asking me this? <laughs> <laughs> but, I typically get nude for most chopping board categories. Yeah, but you see what a giving partner I am? I said, if you, you want You are. <laughs> Just don't point anything at me, and we'll be fine. <laughs> Foursomes and boresomes. Question one. Old, demonically possessed Katie is at it again in this 2012 film. Katie? Oh, that's um, that's the Paranormal Activity 4s. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Oh, oh, oh. Have you even seen that one? I have not. <laughs> I think I have. No. Oh, no, I didn't see 5. Okay. Question 2. <laughs> You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Old Ice Cream Man Reggie is on the run again in this 1998 film. What? I want the wig. Um, 1998? But it was a part four? Ice Cream Man Reggie? Is it Shawnee Smith and Saw (laughs) 2? There wasn't a part four in 1998. That would be Phantasm Four: Oblivion. Oh, motherfucker! I thought Ice Cream Man Reggie would give it away, as he well, is a Reg- horror movie icon, Reggie oh. Bannister. Here's my problem: I always forget that's a franchise. Yeah, well, I know there's a, th- a hundred of them. Technically, five. I know there's five. Is it five? I don't know. I know. (laughs) I've only seen the first two. The first one is fantastic. Yeah. And the second one I thought was okay. Yeah. But I always forget that's a franchise. God damn it. Really? 98 was part four? Sure was. It's called Phantasm for Oblivion, but the way it's written is that the IV in Oblivion is a four, so it's Phantasm Obliforian. Clearly prefer that pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All amazing. right. Well. God damn it. That's those were great categories, though, Stacey. Well thanks. Thanks, well, thanks, thanks, thanks. Okay, are you ready to this is your uh your returning category, Stacey, is I'm no lady, I'm an anthropologist. Oh yeah. A reference to Lady Terminator, a fantastic film, um, in which I name the working gal, and you tell me her profession. Um, Obviously, these are female characters in horror films. Uh, Your new categories are A Town with a Secret, in which I tell you the name of the town. Oh, my lord. And you tell me the movie. Oh, that's a test. However, on two out of the five, you are allowed to ask for the town's secret as a hint if you're stumped. Oh, okay. So, town with a secret. I name the town. On two out of five of them, you can ask for the secret. And you tell me the movie. And then your last category is seven, eight, nine. In which I name a movie and you tell me whether it came out in 2007, 2008, Ew. or 2009. Your categories are I'm No Lady, I'm an Anthropologist, A Town with a Secret, or 789. I want to go Town with a Secret. And so I will. (laughs) (laughs) 
that is an illustrated de- depiction of agency, everyone. That's right. I'm going to not, this is, this is going to be a disaster. Okay. So remember, Stacy, on this, I just named the town. Yeah. You have the option. I'll name the state if I, if that is knowledge that is in, in existence and available to me. Um, otherwise, you have the option to call out for one of three wigs, maybe. <laughs> And on two, you have to be, you have to budget here because on two out of five of your questions, you can ask for the secret as a little bonus hint. Okay. 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 I'm naming the movie. Do yes? Yes. Yes. Okay. The town with a secret. Question one. You're going to get these. Santa Mira, California. Santa Mira, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Ding, ding, ding. I knew you had it in you, Stacey Ponder. <laughs> Question two. Gatlin, Nebraska. Children of the Court. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, look at you. Okay. They get a little bit more challenging. Yeah, I'm nervous. Question three. I'm going to spell out the name as I say it, just oh. so you don't get a weird association in your head. Question three. Point Doom, California. That's D-U-M-E. Point Doom, California. Messiah of Evil. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, Stacy, this is <laughs> Okay. I you love st- Messiah of Evil. It's a perfect movie. It really is. It is a perfect goddamn movie. And luckily, you didn't ask for a secret on that one. So people that haven't seen it... Right. ...can watch it. Please watch Messiah of Evil. Why haven't we done an episode on it? I don't know. All I do is tell people to watch Messiah of Evil, and yet we have not done an episode. Literally, I saw Messiah of Evil because you posted about it for like five years straight on Final Girl. (laughs) And then I bought like a $60 DVD on Amazon Marketplace like 12 years ago. It's worth it. It was fucking worth it. I love Messiah of Evil. Also, the producer sits on the rights for that movie, so you can't screen it anywhere. Um, And it's really mean. I would love to see that in a theater. That movie needs to be seen on 35. Yeah. It is perfection. Okay. Are you ready for question four? I'm ready for question four. This one, I just have the name of the town. I don't have the state. Question four. Potter's Bluff. Uh, um, 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 uh, dead and buried. <gasps> ding, 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 ding! I kept, my mouth almost said dead and alive. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad it didn't. <laughs> Stacy, I'm excited. I'm nervous. You know your towns with secrets. I well, you know I love them. Okay, question five. Oh no, Brookfield, Connecticut. The Stepford Wives. Brookfield, Connecticut. You could have asked for a hint. You had a hint. <laughs> I know, but the town in Stepford is called Stepford. <laughs> <laughs> Brookfield, Connecticut, a town with a secret. Don't tell me. This doesn't count. I'm not going to get it. Can I get a wig? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you can get a wig on your severed head. Which one of the three do you want? <laughs> Brookfield, Connecticut. Connecticut? Connecticut? Do you want the hint for the Is secret? that the lottery? No. Is it? Is it the lottery? No. Why would that be? Is is it the lottery? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> These are movies, not Shirley Jackson stories. There's a movie version with Veronica Cartwright. Excuse me. Wait, really? Yeah, there's one. I had no idea. Do they stone Veronica Cartwright? I believe they do. Carrie <gasps> Russell is in one of them. Carrie Russell and I want to say... I want to say Dan Cortez, but don't we all always want to say Dan Cortez? I thought you were going to say Carrie Russell stones Veronica Cartwright in the lottery. She might. Anyway. Okay, it's not the lottery. It's not Stepford. It's not Salem's Lot. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, Brookfield, Connecticut. Brookfield, Connecticut. Well, I'm from Connecticut. I should know this. This is this could be your secret. Well, then it would be a witch. Brookfield, Connecticut, where vampires run amok ever since a bride drowned just before her wedding day. Oh, fuck off! <laughs> fuck you! God damn it! God damn it, I knew that! I'm so mad! All you had to do was ask for the hint. It was part of the rules. <laughs> Instead, you said Stepford. <laughs> that was real stupid, huh? That was so stupid of me. That was a let's scare Let's Jessica scare Jessica to death. death. Which was question five because it's town with a secret adjacent almost. But it is a town with a secret. They're Absolutely. I should have... I should have asked. That was so stupid. Literally, me. as I got to to the hearing the heads say five seconds, hearing that footsteps, I was like, I should just say you still can ask. <laughs> <laughs> and then you immediately said the step for mine. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot I could. That was so stupid. But oh, well. Stacy, you gave No, us- no, no, no but Stacy. No, but that's what they call me. No, but Stacy. No, but Stacy. She, she's <laughs> <laughs> <Cosmic> constipation. <laughs> uh, no, no, my head deserves to be desecrated. I mean, don't get all high tension with it, but <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> you know, there's just throw it in the trash. I deserve nothing after that shameful end. If it was a gay panic or a masturbation fantasy, the guy with the head in the truck, when was that? What was that? Was that just... That only exists in the movie and not in her internal world. But it happens when they're driving to the farmhouse and they're all quiet. She already is in love with her friend. Oh, so it's like the beginning of the fantasy. Yeah, I think so. It's real nasty. But that's internalized homophobia for you folks. It's true. Anyway. Aja's a thinker. He really is. It's very deep um, me. It's very, it's good to have representation. Well, I won't but Stacy you, but I'll and Stacy. So, and <laughs> Stacy did a stellar, gave a stellar showing on those first four questions. Until. 
the moment M. Night Shyamalan was like, how about a twist ending? (laughs) (laughs) Would you have gotten it had I said Hobbs End? Oh, Hobbs End. Yes, Hobbs End. Oh, Hobbs End. Oh, Oh, Hobbs End. Hobbs, yes, yes, Hobbs End. Oh. oh, Hobbs End in the Mouth of Madness. Yes, ding, ding, ding. God damn it. You redeemed yourself. I would have gotten it if I had asked for the secret to which I was entitled. Oh, well. Oh, well. It's a fine, uh, and with these, with Towns of the Secret, it's a fine line because there's ones that we all know. Like Santa Maria, California, I figured you were going to get, right? Mm. Gatlin, Nebraska, like, if you, you know, that it's kind of, but like, Point Doom, I probably wouldn't have got it. Or Potter's Bluff, I probably wouldn't. Brookfield, Connecticut, I would not have got it. But then, like, if I put Summer Isle, Scotland. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I would have got, I mean, I did get Jessica from the hint, so I should have asked for it, but I'm a dum-dum. Oh, well. No, you're not. You just, you just got in the heat of the moment. I did. In 10 seconds, you know that clock is ticking. Oh, well. You did a fantastic job. I bet you none of our listeners got that far. Well, they probably all did. That's okay. I'm already getting emails about dying on the second question. <laughs> Oblaforian. Yeah, Oblaforian. <laughs> oh, well, uh, you know, no, I'm not going to wrap anything up because it's your turn. You, you passed the wig to me. That's right. <laughs> well, listeners, it's been a journey, has it not? <laughs> sit down get nude um send us an email it turns out we do like emails you if you don't know how to email us all you have to do is go to gaylordsofdarkness.com where you can click a little envelope and that opens up an email in your browser or your outlook and then you say i don't use outlook why does this open oh this my god you it. said i'm bad at this what is going on <laughs> gaylordsofdarkness.com <laughs> gaylordsofdarkness.com goodbye For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my my god! God. Oh Oh my my god! God. Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, ha, ha.